What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host Ken Milam and John Swan as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. This episode of The Hive Jive is brought to you by a redneck brother from another mother down under. Thank you, Brett. Good morning. Morning. <laughs> morning. 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 Is this is this from another mother, brother, another mother, brother, mother, another mother, brother, other mother, mother, other brother, other done. Brett, how are you doing this morning? <laughs> a, a redneck brother from another mother down under. How you like that one? I got it. You got it. You did it. A redneck brother from another mother down under. It, it only took multiple takes to uh, oh, yeah. to get us that little nice little intro oh, in there. A redneck but, uh, brother from another mother down under. <laughs> now he's got it. And he can't let go of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be tomorrow. I'll be doing my radio show, and this is from another mother, brother from another mother down under. <laughs> and Eric can say what? <laughs> Eric will be like, "Wrong show, Ken. Wrong uh-huh. show." Oh wow! So our apologies to Brett. Um, I I have gone back and fixed and corrected this so that it is now on last week's episode as well. But we did forget to put our little sponsorship blurb in there. But as you heard at the beginning of this episode, it is there and it is now on the beginning of the other one as well. So woohoo to that! Um, Thank you, brother. And for some reason, uh, it is now. That's It is now the beginning of February, and Ken is still bringing in freaking fruitcakes. It's a good one, too, ain't it? It's a good one, yes, but oh my God, man, Christmas is over. But now you notice I didn't decorate that one, so that's a wedding cake. It's decorated on the inside, Inside, yeah, and it's so damn good. It is very good. You have a lot more fruit in this one than the other one, and this one is just pure Last one, I didn't have cherries. Yep. That narrow got cherries. Yeah, this is good. It's a very good one. But uh, I was I got a kick out of that when I walked in this morning and I was like fruitcake more fruitcake seriously I cook a bite ten of them as if we're not fruity enough Ken we're gonna turn into a fruitcake well see before long I've already been told by several that are you gonna sell these next year possibly you probably should there you've you've gotten enough hype over it and you've had enough requests which is why you're still making them into february people well, I'm keep playing requesting with them. them now yeah. I'm, I'm i'm perfecting i am perfecting the award-winning fruitcake to make it a award award award-winning fruitcake how do you like that with my award-winning pecans and my award-winning honey. If if this were if this were a video instead of a podcast, if this was like a vlog or anything like that, there would be this countdown up there that would say like warning, award-winning in three, two, one, <laughs> okay. and then the screen would flash and you'd go off on here, <laughs> or would have to have a tally See, up in the corner that think counts. This if we had avocado trees like Brett and his buddy. We would have award-winning avocados. We make the best guacamole you've ever tasted from our award-winning avocados. There you go, Brett. There you are. But Brett don't know what salsa is. No, well, pico de gallo is. He didn't is. know what the hell pico de gallo was. Yeah. Brett, we're going to send you some pico. <laughs> okay. Do we pick on Brett some more? He ain't here to take up for himself. He's not. Um, speaking of being here, though, we did mention this, and uh, so this is just a little teaser for you, but 
On the episode that comes out on Monday, the 17th of February, Uh there will be a special guest live in the studio with us. And we did that little teaser about, you know, like, Brett, you're our our biggest fan from down under and, you know, you're doing the sponsorship and everything at the moment. But unfortunately, sir, you will not be the first Australian in the studio with us. Um, We will have a special guest who is all the way up from down under is going to be in here. Australian astronaut? No, she didn't fall off the earth. Oh, to come up here. okay. She took a plane, not a rocket oh, that was untied. Okay. Yeah. Um, but she will be in the studio with us. So we, we will have that special interview coming up with you guys. So stay tuned. Just a little teaser there for sure on that. Um, let's go in real quick and give a thank you to our newest patrons, everybody that has decided to be a patron of the Hive Jive on Patreon. We have, as of just this last week since the last episode, we would like to thank Mike B. Jesper N, Amber L, Gemma A, Alan L, and Christopher C. Christopher literally just signed up this morning while we were on the air. Like my phone buzzed, I looked at it and it said, you have a new patron. So thank you guys so very, very much. Um, This is actually way more fun than I ever thought it would be to go through. And it's a lot of work for sure. I just have fun. Yeah, Ken just gets to sit here and talk. I have to do all the work behind the scenes. You notice I'm awake. (laughs) <laughs> most of the time <laughs> at the moment sir you are awake that is correct um but yeah no it, it's it's actually been a blast to go through and do that and we've got like all the different video things and and we're working on you know more content every day so it definitely keeps us busy but it is well worth the patronage and we greatly appreciate it are we, we busy as bees we are busy as bees ken i'm always busy as a bee <laughs> So again, thank you guys so much. It is amazing to see, and it and this has been, it truly has been a blast to to go through and do the Patreon. Like I knew it was going to be a lot of work, and there was a reason that we took an entire year to get it set up, and we wanted to be able to offer lots of fun things. But your guys's response and support and all of that has just been astounding, and it's just going to continue to get bigger and better. So we greatly appreciate it. And I know, like I said, you guys, you guys have probably heard it ad nauseum, especially if you are a patron at this point, uh-huh. because. <laughs> again and again and again. Agnosium? Ken's like, oh, what? <laughs> no, but the Anastasi. That's what I was. Anastasi. They went off in UFOs. Oh, they did, did they? Yeah. Hmm. Well, okay. They took their bees with them. <laughs> or did they bring them and leave them here? I have. I still think bees are little aliens. And for more on that, you can check out the special <laughs> Patreon episode titled Alien Bees. Alien Bees. Okay. Well, so today we we have some uh, not as fun things to talk about. We, we've had a couple of listener questions come in that kind of ask this overall arching topic. And there's there's been a lot of things in the news and stuff. So our main thought and main concept and main segment for today is bee thievery. Um, or more specifically, hive and colony thefts, and then other. Well, this ain't me stealing vandalism. honey. No. Okay, I'll shut up then. This is not you stealing honey. Okay. This is so. There's two times that this is usually very prevalent, and and especially a new beekeeper. Um, you know, we've like I said, we've had some questions come in from listeners that are like, "Hey, should we be concerned about this? I saw this on the news, or I heard this. Like, should I be worried about my hive?" And a lot of times. Your one beehive is usually okay, especially like my favorite thing is is out of sight, out of mind, right? If you can put it behind a fence where nobody sees it, or you can put it in a secluded area where people aren't going to stumble across it and it can be kind of camouflaged in with stuff, then you're usually okay. But what ends up happening though is, so for instance, in Australia right now, 
with all of the devastating, you know, the 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 heat and the drought and the wildflower. Mm-hmm. I keep wanting to say flowers. The wildfires and the storms and, and just the chaos that is down there. It has made the fires themselves specifically, because some of this other stuff happens every season, but mm-hmm. the, the fires specifically and all the destruction that happened, you know, Brett had mentioned in in his little correspondence that he had sent in mm-hmm. how people were starting to have hives stolen. And, you know, all yeah. of this disaster and everything was already just a kick in the butt. But then you turn around and somebody literally steals the hives that were still remaining. And what they're doing with them is it's a hot commodity at that point, because just like anything, when there's a disaster going on, well, if there's something in short supply, some crooked person out there is going to try to find a way to monopolize on it. So they'll steal the hives they can find. They may break them apart, put them into new containers, or cover up if the container wasn't necessarily marked properly. They may be able to go through and finagle it and cover it up, but they may split them and make other colonies out of them. Ultimately, what they're going to do is resell them. And so they're trying to make a profit off of the devastation of other people. And that's a very unfortunate thing, but it's a reality in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens. So your disasters, that's one big time when that occurs. The other time that occurs is for us right now in the United States, right at the beginning of pollination season. So right now, what are, what's everybody getting ready to go do? Go to the almond fields. That's right. Almonds. So almonds are coming up and that is a huge we say a huge moneymaker, quote unquote, but people also don't necessarily understand and realize how much money goes into getting them there. There's a reason that you need to have a minimum of 500 hives to go out there and make any money because depending on how far away you are from California, you've got to pay the inspection fees from every single state that you're going through. You've got to pay the fuel bill to get that semi truck out there. And you're only going to be making about $150 to $200 per colony when you do your pollination service. But if you have enough of them, that money can generate a good little bit of income coming back. So what happens during pollination times, and it's usually people that have, again, not just one colony, but somebody that has 50, you know, 90, 100 plus colonies out there, some person will come through in the middle of the night and they will load up a ton of colonies and they will steal them. And the whole point of that is they are going to go take those colonies out and they're going to do a pollination contract and they're going to make the money off of them or they're going to turn around and they're going to sell them to people who want to do this. So it's all, you know, it's all very unfortunate. It's all very sad whenever that occurs. But the pollination times and disasters, those are the big times that colony thefts can occur, and they do occur. But for you individual little beekeeper out there, if you're just starting off and you've got one colony, you may not necessarily have to worry too much about somebody stealing your hive. You may have to worry, though, about hive vandalism and somebody coming and screwing with it and doing other things to it. And that can be even a bigger issue because that's just colony loss and chaos for the sake of chaos there there is no well they were trying to make a buck off of it they're just doing it to be destructive and last year in the houston area the uh brazoria county beekeepers they had their own little beekeeping area set up where they had lots like dozens quote unquote of different hives out there and in the middle of the night somebody went out there and purposefully started destroying these hives they were tipping them over 
setting them on fire, and they even took some of them and threw them into a nearby retention pond. So you had a double whammy. You had colonies that were drowning. You had colonies that were on fire. And it's all happening at night, so the bees, any of the bees that are escaping and leaving, they can't figure out how to get back where they are. And then if they do figure it out, their colony's gone and destroyed. So, unfortunately, the Brazoria County beekeepers last year lost dozens of different colonies. And, you know, they were estimating that some of the beekeepers, because it was a beekeeping club apiary, it wasn't just one individual, it was multiple beekeepers from that club, all had hives out there. And some of those people, you know, lost a potential thousand pounds worth of honey that those colonies could have produced, which would have been very, very beneficial for those individuals. But unfortunately, it's just it's gone. So it's really sad when those things happen, for sure. And the the reason that we're bringing this up today is because just last night, we actually had something very similar happen in Texas. Um, this was over by the El Paso area in Texas. And what had occurred there, gonna, I, I apologize if I mispronounced the, uh, the name of the family, but I believe it's Sabeos. The Sabeos family, they had an apiary out near, it's in Fabens, um, but it's out near El Paso. And the family had been keeping bees for a very long time. And they were a very integral part of that community and just everybody kind of relied on them and we had actually mentioned it i had said at one point that uh, a gentleman that i know had actually brought me this jar of unlabeled honey that he had gotten for this amazing price and this is actually where it came from it came from that sabeo's honey farms and so what happened was around 6 30 in the morning the owners of the farms were alerted that there was a bunch of beehives that had appeared to be vandalized. And so when they arrived on the scene to go out there and check it out and see what had happened, they found that there was extensive devastation and a lot of the beehives had been destroyed. And it wasn't an accident. It wasn't a natural disaster. It was as if somebody had, quote unquote, driven a vehicle through and intentionally done this. So they were purposefully hitting the hives with some sort of vehicle, knocking them over and running them over. And there's uh, there's video footage and pictures and stuff out there online of it. But it's just, it's extremely sad. And you're looking at a total of around 86 beehives, which got destroyed. And those hives could have made approximately 100 pounds of honey this year for that region and in that estimated area. So you're looking at, you know, kind of a rough 8,600 pounds of honey that that family and that company, they rely on this, but it's just, it's just going to be gone. And so it's, it's a very sad thing when people do these types of stuff and it doesn't matter what country you're in. It doesn't matter what state you're in. It is just very sad. And it, it kind of sucks that people are like that out there and that they do it. And we don't know why yet. We don't know, we don't know who did it. They don't necessarily have any suspects at the moment that they've released or said anything about. But, you know, for a family that has been doing this since the 1970s and has gone through and spent 47 years doing beekeeping and supporting the community and having all this stuff, it's just it's really sad. And, you know, the only thing that the family is asking is that people in the community plant a wide variety of flowering plants in their gardens and, and help spread and and protect the native pollinators and the honeybees and everything else. And so it's very humbling to know that, you know, that they've been out there, they've been supporting the community and they've, they've had this huge devastation and loss. And, you know, they're just saying, Hey, you know, what we need is if you guys can just go ahead and try to help the pollinators in any way that you can plant the flowers and whatnot, that that would be great. So 
it, it really, man, it just, it straight up just sucks. That's all I can really say about it. But that is kind of the, that's what sparked this whole episode about hive thievery and vandalism and things. And, you know, we just kind of wanted to let everybody know, because again, we, we do get some, some questions from our listeners and people out there that are like, do I need to worry about this? What happens? Is somebody going to possibly steal my hive? It's usually not worth it. Um, and I'm not saying it's never going to happen, but it's usually not worth somebody's time and effort just to take one colony now usually if they do take one colony it would be just a person that wanted bees and and either did not want to pay for them or could not afford them and so they may steal that one colony but ultimately it's usually people that have multiples that then get targeted and it's it's all for profit most of the time and except for these vandalism issues where people go and destroy them just to destroy them um that's that's what happened out there at brazos the uh, brazoria county and that's what just happened out here now near el paso so it is it's really it's it's very upsetting so no good news for you there unfortunately so sorry but i did want to to point that out and say yes it is a reality um you know if you can definitely make sure that your beehives are behind a locked enclosure where somebody cannot just drive out there to them make sure they're out of sight if you possibly can i love to to put mine behind tree lines they're all in an enclosed locked area so you can't get into it without the key to get in there other than maybe jumping a fence but you're not gonna get a vehicle in there without making some severe damage to the property and the fence to get in and then we put them out behind tree lines and stuff where you can't actually see them and that's that's kind of like yours ken Mm -hmm. the the first apr that we set up out there for you guys they they're out of sight you know they they're not just right out there in the front where anybody can see them they're back in these coves and they're curved around and hidden in these little open areas where it's surrounded by brush and bush and so just you know anybody just normally going about their day-to-day business can't see them yeah i got 11 more hives 11 packages coming in and i'm gonna open up a bunch more roads so we're gonna scatter them all over the country now (laughs) Well, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna well, take the old ones to Mason. Yeah, the the, okay. the established ones are gonna go out there to Mason. But see, that's something to keep in mind too for Mason is when you're setting up this stuff. Oh yeah, you're you're not out there as often, so you nope. need to make sure they're out of sight. Nobody knows they're there. Yep. You you know people can't see them from the roadway when they're driving by. Yep. Um, these are all things to keep in mind. But if you just have one or two hives, again, in your backyard with a privacy fence, out of sight, out of mind, people don't know about them. That's usually okay. If they are somewhere where they're where you can't somehow close them off like that, then you might want to go through and make sure that you put them. I'll put up um, the sign. No, because the sign says, "Hey, look, there's bees here." No, so we're killer we're, bees. No, that's not gonna. It's <laughs> not Don't gonna do get that. my killer bees. Um, but you know, it's just it's it's one of those things that you just got to be cautious and be aware of. But if you're in town and you've got a colony, you know, hopefully most of the time that is not going to be a problem. It's not going to be an issue. So. I don't want to have everybody like in a huge uproar and panic, but it definitely is something that needs to be on on at least somewhere in your mind on like I need to pay attention to where I'm putting them. You know, don't you don't want a big neon flashing sign that says, here's my beehives and they're completely unprotected and I have no video footage and there's no monitoring and there's no gate and there's no lock and, you know, come and do whatever you want. Like, definitely don't do that. So. Sometimes it is better to uh, to go with that out of sight, out of mind mentality on some things. So um, there is a little update while we're talking about devastation and destruction on certain things here. The the fires that happened in Paris last year and the Notre Dame Cathedral. Yeah, there were beehives up on top of the cathedral. And whenever the church was originally on fire, everybody was very concerned about whether or not 
the beehives were going to make it or not. And they did. The The actual colonies, the wooden structures and everything, were far enough back that despite the over 1,000 Fahrenheit degree temperatures that was experienced up there, right. the colonies, the wax didn't melt. Wow. The colonies didn't catch on fire, and they managed to survive. Now, there was some photos that where they had found some of the bees had actually swarmed out and absconded, and they were hanging off of some of the gargoyles on the sides of the church. But then once everything calmed down, they went back into their colonies. And wow. so they're back inside the colony, and they're all, like, nice and happy, and they've been monitoring them. And they've been making. Well, th- well, they've been monitoring them. So they, they've been able to send drones up to watch because for a long time, nobody was allowed back inside or on top of the structure because the structure itself had, you know, issues and weaknesses. Yep. Plus... There was a lot of lead dust that had been spread everywhere from the fire and from the church. So it was only recently that the actual owners of the colonies were able to get back out there. They had to go through a lot of training and education on all this potential disaster stuff. But they got to go back out there and check the colonies. They are alive. They are doing well. They did take some honey from each of the colonies, and they have sent it off for testing to see if the honey contains any contaminants from the lead dust and things like that. But it is—it's just good news to know that it's there. Um, and of course, I want to—I want to point out something. So there was an article that came from the Guardian, and there was a—I I, this was written as a quote, but I'm really hoping that it's not an actual quote. But it did state in here that um, we weren't really worried about the smoke because we use the smoke to sedate the bees. And so we knew that with all the smoke, the bees would just go to sleep around the queen. Now, that's you know, that is I read that somewhere, you know, that's horribly incorrect. Right. Yeah. I mean, we we talked about that in the first year of beekeeping. Right. Smoke does not sedate bees. Smoke does not make bees calm. It just screws them up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, When we do a forced abscond, Uh we use smoke and we use essential oils Uh and it chases the bees out of the colony. In nature, when the bees smell smoke, they don't go to sleep and stop because Mm -hmm. that would be counterintuitive to survival. Mm -hmm. So when there is a fire and there is smoke, the bees will leave. They will abscond. That is their signal. Your home is going to be on fire. You've got to go. We use smoke as beekeepers because we go through, we smoke the colony, and what it does is they communicate primarily with pheromones, which is smell. Mm -hmm. And when you put the smoke in there, you cover up the pheromones. So when they send off the alarm pheromone and say, warning, warning, the other bees can't really hear it. So you lessen the amount of, quote unquote, defensive behaviors that you could get from your colony. And the smell of the smoke also makes the bees start gorging on honey so they can then prepare to abscond and leave because they're planning that they may have to evacuate their home and they're going to need to take as much food stores with them as they can. So that's what occurs. And if the bees have their heads in a cell trying to gorge on honey, they're not paying attention to you going through and doing your inspection. But they absolutely do not get calm they don't become mellow and they damn sure don't go to sleep around the queen (laughs) that is not that is not an accurate statement and when i read that i was like man i really hope that was a misquote or the person writing the article putting in their own two cents in there and not a direct quote from the beekeeper themselves because if they are there was some miseducation in there and definitely some misinformation that's then been spread to the public. So I just wanted to touch on that. I know you guys have heard us talk about these things early on and, and whatnot, but I just wanted to point out, not the case. Nope, <laughs> this is not, not the all. case. So, but uh, our, our sympathies definitely go out to the Sabeos family. And if I am saying that wrong, I, I do apologize. But our sympathies go out to you guys. Um, you know, if anybody knows of anything or if you guys ever do need something... <laughs> 
I'm going to take your phone and throw it in a pond, and I'm it's going to make yeah. a different splash. <laughs> um, but if you guys ever do need anything, you know, definitely reach out. Let us know, and, and we'll see what we can do to kind of rally some support to help you guys out. But we, our sympathies are with you for that destruction, that needless death and destruction of those colonies. It's, it's a very sad thing. So, <sighs> wow. What can we... Uh, can we end that somewhere on a on a on a happy note? You have anything happy to say? Left field. I'm planting more uh, award-winning pecans trees today. Oh Lord! <laughs> so I'm future, have more. future award-winning. Tell me something. Something. You know, I want to know is. Is the honey coming off of the smoked almond trees? No, we've Does already it, we uh, already discussed this. There is no such sure? thing as a smoked almond tree. Well, you get smoked almonds because <laughs> they smoke the almonds. Smoked How do they bacon, keep them lit? smoked bacon doesn't come from the pig How do already they keep smoked. Them lit. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks for all that support through this very, uh, very heavy, hard, well, you, heartfelt you want me episode. To lighten it up, so I'm trying to lighten it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Lighten it up. Lighting. Light it. Light fire. Uh, smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow. Okay, guys. Well, um, again, not not the happiest of episodes. We do apologize for the big downer, but it is a reality and it does happen. And we wanted to go through and just talk about some of these things that can come up and, you know, maybe do maybe kind of take a page out of the hunter's book whenever people are going out there and, you know, you're hunting or doing conservation or anything like that. Maybe have some trail cams set up around your hives. If you do have hives that you can't get to very often, that may be out there somewhere, um, you know, that is unsecured. Put up some trail cams, have some things out there where if there is motion or anything, it will activate it and take a photo. So if you do have some a-hole that comes out in a truck and decides to run over all of your hives or somebody comes out with a trailer and tries to load them up and steal them, which here in the U.S., that that is it is in the news nowadays. Oh, yeah. You hear it again and again and again. Well, and that's, that's like what, we said, it's because of the pollination the services. Of a, yeah, you get a have that has got one medium a brood box with a one medium on top of it you're looking at close to 400 bucks well the average price of a initial setup with a colony of of bees is right about five hundred dollars that's how we estimate it whenever we're like we're looking at doing the youth programs for kids it's we tell them by the time you get everything you need to start including your smoker and your gloves and a veil and things like that you know you should estimate about five hundred dollars per colony and when we're talking to people that want to do like hives for ag exemptions and things like that that's also what we tell them you should budget about five hundred dollars per colony so that's just to get it up and get it started so yeah i mean they're I'm fixing to have $10,000 worth of bees. Well, don't be telling that to people. The whole point's trying to discourage people from going and stealing your bees, Ken. Not advertising. You got them out there. Remember that whole thing about the neon sign? Yeah, we don't want that neon sign there. Uh, But yeah, I mean, maybe look into having trail cams and stuff out there. If you definitely, if you've got a fence or a paddock or anything where you can lock those suckers down, you know, close the gate, make sure it's always closed, have a big old logging chain and a padlock on it. And even that, you know, people can still cut that and get out there if they want them. But if they don't know they're there to begin with, then you're not a target. Um, but if you can put some sort of surveillance out there so you can see what's going on. I mean, there's there's times that and I know there's just critters and stuff out there, but there's times I go to my main apiary and I just like as soon as I pull in, I'm like, something's off. 
Something has been out here Please screwing with stuff. Greet you. No, 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 no. Just, just something's not right. Like you just get that feeling sometimes, and you look around, and I'll be like, I know I didn't leave that over there, or I didn't do this. And most of the time, it's an animal. You know, I, I was out there. There was a, a animal. <laughs> manimal. It wasn't. It could have, could have been a manimal. Um, but you know, there's coyotes that come through out there. There's skunks that are out there. I, I had a family of uh, skunks try to set up shop underneath one of the double pallets that that some of the hives were setting on one day. I was sitting there working the bees, and I saw something out of the corner of my eye. Honey, stinks. Smell like a skunk. Go waddling off out of there, and I turned my head, and I was like, oh, my God, that's a baby skunk. And it was the littlest thing, and it was so cute. But instantly, when you see a baby, your next thought is, where's mom and dad? stink. No, where's mom and dad? Because I don't want to be sprayed. (laughs) You know, but things can happen. And then, you know, if you've got that trail cam, you then have a peace of mind because you can go back and look and be like, well, I think something's off. You go back and you look at your photos and you do see, oh, well, there's a raccoon out here playing with stuff or there was a skunk scratching on the front of the hive or, you know, the wind, a storm came through and the wind blew that top off. Somebody didn't come out and purposely do that. But if I had one, I could have known what happened to my top bar. Yeah, that's true. See, in years, there has been like, you're, you're a much nicer individual than me when it comes to some of the things that have happened to yours (laughs) but you've had the landowner bump the hive with the mower deck and the tractor and and, uh in knock one over you've had cattle knock one over and now on your top bars we have these big corrugated pieces of tin wrapped around the top is like their protection and shade because one of them was build a top yet but one of them was moved yeah. And like pushed back and stuff. And, you know, it, it could have been we had a big storm that came yeah, through. Um, but, but that's just it. If you have that footage, well, then it's not the mystery of the unknown. Yeah. Then you can go through and look at the videos and you can be like, oh, man, there was like a big downburst and a storm and, and it pushed things and moved stuff. Or, yeah, somebody was in your screwing with stuff. And yeah, if they are, so. you hopefully then have them caught on camera. You can see their faces. You can catch their license plate or the make and model of the vehicle, like whatever it is. It just helps. So it's something to consider. But and and like I said, again, not to make everybody paranoid. If you just have one or two colonies, just be vigilant of certain things and make sure that, you know, you don't have that neon sign saying, look at my beehive, because there could be people that don't like bees. And so they vandalize things or kids that are just kids, you know, hey, let's throw rocks at it. Um, Or people that come around. And if you've got enough of them and they need a buck and, and that's just how they operate. They could try to take them. So, yeah, it just you never can tell. So, so just be cautious out there, guys. Be sure to to keep an eye on things, and and that's right. Be safe. So we will we will be back next week. We're gonna do another round of listener questions. We've got some of them all bundled up, and we We don't want it to get no no no. That's just that's the whole point. We don't want it to get so (laughs) overloaded that uh, that we keep you on here for two solid hours. So next week we will be back with more listener questions. And until then, you guys be good. Be safe. Bye. Y'all be good. Bye. It's time for our guys to buzz off. But don't fret. The Hive Jive journey continues with new episodes Mondays every month. Until then, you can follow along with the guys on Facebook and Instagram at The Hive Jive. Thanks for listening and be safe out there.